quote many fathers who say that the triple immersion is the three days of burial and the resurrection from the dead. And so we come to the water and we have these Sundays of the paralytic, the Samaritan woman, and the blind man. And in the waters of baptism, when we're baptism, baptized into Christ, we are healed from our sins. We receive the living water. We receive eternal life. And we receive illumination of our blindness. So healing, eternal life, illumination. These are the things that we receive in holy baptism. So the breathing, the anointing, the, the going down into the water three times. It's marked through the whole 40-day season. And I want to encourage each and every one of us to enter into the depth of what it means that we were baptized into Christ and raised in newness of life. So he grieved on them. Next we see Thomas, you know, we, we think doubting Thomas, right? But uh, there's, there's also faith in Thomas. And we remember him not because of his doubt. We remember him because of his faith. But he said, except I see the hands and the print nails and put my finger into the print nails and thrust my hand in side, I will not believe. His other name given in the scriptures is Didymus, Didymus, the twin. St. Nikolai has a, a curious uh, comment on this. He says the twin was not Thomas' nickname, but it was its Hebrew form. And it may be the name that was given to him by some mysterious and unfathomable providence to signify the two-sidedness of his soul, the facets of doubt and faith. And I think each and every one of us has a two-sidedness of our soul. But we struggle, we go back and forth between doubt and faith. And here's a saint, here's a holy apostle who, who the scriptures openly show us that this was his struggle in life. Yet he overcame his doubts and he lived by faith and proclaimed his faith. There's one time, even before this, that he had shown his great faith when Jesus was going to Bethany and just about to go up to, to Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, Jesus had called upon uh, them to go and they knew it was dangerous for him to go to Jerusalem. They knew that he might get killed if he went to, if he went to Jerusalem. And yet he said he was going up to Jerusalem. What was Thomas' response? Let us also go and die with him. <laughs> he was ready to go and die. He was ready to go follow Jesus anywhere he would go. He was ready to follow him into death. Yet when he raised, I gotta see it, I gotta touch it, I, I gotta feel it. But then when he did, what did he say? What did he say? He bowed down. He bowed down and prostrated on the floor in front of a man and said, My Lord and my God. This was his faith. This was his faith. <coughs> 
So we proclaim the faith of St. Thomas. That we look at a man, Christ Jesus, and say, My Lord and my God, the God-man. St. Nikolai also lists uh, five reasons. You know, it says that Jesus came eight days later. And so he asked the question. He loves to ask the question and then answer it. So he asked the question, why did he wait eight days? And then he gives five reasons. Why didn't he appear earlier? First, he appeared so that the circumstances would be precisely the same as he first appeared on the Sunday to the tent when Thomas wasn't there, and that it should be on a Sunday that he now appears again. Secondly, Thomas' unbelief, so that Thomas' unbelief would be brought right out, and from the waiting even be stronger, from the waiting eight days, then his faith would be stronger. Thirdly, to accustom his disciples to patience and endurance in prayer, the confirmation of their friend's faith. For the disciples must have been praying that the Lord would appear again for Thomas' sake. Did you ever think of that? They're all there. Thomas isn't there. They go to Thomas. We've seen the Lord. Unless I, you know, put my hand in his side, I won't believe. And they started praying. But the Lord didn't give them the answer just like that. To wait. To wait. To be patient in prayer. To learn that God answers in His time and in His way. Fourth, so the disciples would realize their helplessness and the impossibility of their revealing the risen Lord without His aid. And I want to come back to that Lastly, perhaps because the number of days signifies the last days, the eve of Christ's second coming, because men like Thomas would be very weak in their faith, going by their senses and believing only that which their senses can, can grasp. You know, there's uh, one of the quotes from, from the Gospels, when the Lord returns, will we find faith on the earth? And so... We believe that He will, but it may be weak faith. Maybe weak faith. Because uh, this is what we seem to be seeing and witnessing before our, our very eyes at this day. Our faith has grown weak. And that men rely on empirical evidence for their beliefs and, uh, and their practices. As a missionary priest, I often think that uh, the revelation of the Lord to others is up to me. I am the one who's going to reveal the truth to people. Isn't that what the preacher is supposed to do? To reveal the truth? And yet St. Nikolai is saying that he delayed to show the disciples that they can't reveal him. Without his help. Only he, God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. We get frustrated when we try to reveal God to others and they don't respond. 
God is anything, sometimes without His direct revelation. My favorite of the, uh, of the stories, well, my second favorite, uh, of the stories of the, of the resurrection, the Eumphino Gospels, uh, comes in, in the Gospel of Luke, where Luke and Cleopas are walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus comes up to them and doesn't recognize them. And then he says, Why are you, what are you talking about? And why are you sad as you walk along the way? And, and they were almost sarcastic with him. You know, who are you? You know, you don't know what's been going on in Jerusalem. You don't, you don't know what has happened during these three days. How Jesus was loved and he was a prophet. And we thought he was going to be the Messiah and bring the kingdom. And he, then he was killed and it's been three days. And some of them, uh, the women went to the tomb and said that he wasn't there and he was risen from the dead. And he looked at him and says, Oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he opened the scriptures to them. And then they compelled him to come to dinner. And when he sat at table, he broke the bread. And it says when he, when he broke the bread, they knew him in the breaking of the bread. And he disappeared. And they said, didn't our hearts burn when he opened the scriptures to us? And so what is this opening of the scriptures and the breaking of the bread if it is not this? This is it. It's the divine liturgy. The opening of the scriptures and the breaking of the bread. And we come here to meet the risen Lord. And God is the Lord and has revealed Himself to us. And this is what we will sing when the Eucharistic chalice is brought out to the faithful. And we receive the body and the blood of the Lord. And if I could just make one exhortation, and maybe I'm butting in where I shouldn't, and I'll get in trouble after I say this. <laughs> the body and blood of the Lord is eternal life. It is the eternal life. And when the body and blood of the Lord comes out into the name of the church, into the place of the people, we stand. And we stand the whole time that the body and blood of the Lord is in the name of the church and the people are communion. We have to be reminded occasionally how important and how precious body and the blood of the Lord. We're not just a name, that's another thing. But if we are, we stand. We stand just like we stand for the gospel. And even more. Thomas, finally, he, he reached into the side of the Lord. The hymns say, that the power and authority that was given the other apostles when he 
Read was given to Thomas when he placed his hand in the side with the spear. Thomas died.